Welcome back, folks, to another episode of The Detailing Mind. I'm your host, Jason, bringing you another episode in my series, My Thoughts on Issues. So it's been quite a while since I've last done a recording. Um, over a month now, and I think if I recall correctly, I had mentioned that I was uh, in the middle of training uh, for my new job, and uh, that that would kind of consume most of my time, uh, most of my free time anyway, uh, just studying and prepping for that. Um, since then, I have completed most of the training. I have uh, had a little hiccup with with some, some things regarding the FAA and my medical, so I'm having to deal with uh, um, the medical side of, of uh, staying current as per FAA guidelines, so dealing with that. Uh, so that's been kind of uh, replacing a lot of my free time, trying to go and get that solved so I can get back to training, yada, 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 and finish up training, get back out, out to flying as part of my career. Um, you might also hear a lot of background noise. I'm trying something different today, and that is I'm uh, on the road driving, and I figure I would uh, record another episode. So if there's a lot of background noise, that's probably just road noise uh, of me driving on the freeway between Chicago, where I currently live, and uh, heading back to where I grew up in uh, mid-Michigan. So without further ado, um, let's kick into this uh, new episode of My Thoughts on Issues, and this is going to be part two of Absurd GQP Rhetoric. And throughout the last few months, I'd say actually this past year, what I've noticed is one of the absurd talking points coming from conservatives is this whole idea of cancel culture. And kind of the things that stem from this overarching cancel culture uh, narrative that they're trying to push. That is virtue signaling, um, and basically silencing people's right to freedom of speech, if you will. And so that's kind of what I wanted to focus on today. And for those of you who live in the States, you probably know all too well this talking point right now and how conservatives just love pulling this this card as part of their um, their, their social war, their um, war on cultural values, whatever you want to call it. Uh, that's kind of where the conservatives are at. I find it kind of ironic that uh, throughout the four years that their guy, uh, President Trump, was in office, they kept making the claim that Democrats didn't have any substance uh, when it came to the quote-unquote real things that Americans are worried about, a.k.a. economic or financial reasons, foreign policy, stuff like that. And because the there, and because the Republicans claim that the Democrats were void of any kind of policies in this regard, they believe that the Democrats would just were, were just basically making much to do about nothing in the social justice issues camp. But now here we are, 
the moment that Biden won the election, immediately the Republicans Republicans go back to their uh, you know social justice, uh, cultural war issues, and basically once again showing that they're a bunch of hypocrites. That's really what it boils down to is the Republicans are showing their hypocrisy. Uh, Without getting too far on a tangent, um, I just kind of want to point out this hypocrisy yet again, and that is I remember vividly how um, conservatives acted from 2000 onward, the last two decades, especially when Bush got in the office. When Bush got into office, he was their guy. He was, you know, the king, and we should all respect him because he is president. When we and because he is president, we need to respect whatever um, uh, policy Republicans decide to put forth. That was kind of the overall attitude. And by, and by respect, I mean go along with it. Follow that 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 mindset, that ideology, adopted as your own, the whole nine yards. I mean, they basically expected you to um, adopt their ideology or else. And that was seen quite frank, frankly with the uh, the Iraq War and the Afghanistan War. And this is kind of where I want to kind of focus my attention on the absurdity of conservatives screaming cancel culture and how their freedom of speech or freedom of expression is being, you know, violated or or, uh, reduced in any manner by the quote-unquote woke left. Because conservatives have a very long history of being the ones pushing cancel culture or setting up so that it's their political opponents who lose their freedom of expression or freedom of speech for voicing their opinion. So it's it kind of, in my lifetime, it kind of became manifest around the war on terror. And right after the 9-11 event, the conservative talking point was is we need to go after them. It's you know, just war, just war, just war. And if you don't jump on the bandwagon of we need to go over there and uh, and declare war on anybody and everybody who we think is terrorists, then you are with the terrorists. It's either, it, it, can't, it kind of boils down to it's either you're with us or against us. You're either on our side or you're on their side. And for the most part, that worked, especially as they weaponized that rhetoric against their opponents, the Democrats. Most Democrats jumped in line, lockstep, with the Republican narrative in that time. There was only a handful of Democrats who opposed the wars, voted against the wars, and spoke out against it. And their political careers were ruined by the conservative propaganda machine and the uh, war hawks that were in Congress and in the, and, and in the White House. So, 
we saw people's political careers ruined as a result. We saw other people's careers ruined as well. Um, the biggest one that comes to mind is the Dixie Chicks. They, their whole career as a band went down the drain. They were canceled because they dared to speak out against the war in Iraq and the war in Afghanistan. Basically the war on terror in general and spoke out against President Bush. And conservatives went on a campaign to cancel them and it worked. So, you know, this whole idea that it's the quote-unquote woke left that's doing this is, is pretty absurd because it's historically been the Republicans or the conservatives who have been the cancel culture uh, ideology in the United States. So, let's get one thing straight here, folks. Whenever you hear a conservative sit there and scream about the left being canceled, being about wokeism or cancel culture, uh, forcing of their ideas onto others, they're really just projecting their own insecurities, their own behaviors onto their political, financial, economic opponents. That's really what it is. Um, and we should have seen that, or we should be smart enough to recognize that just from how they behave themselves during President Bush's two years in office. But then to kind of go off back onto my, my little tangent as well, let's also look at how they behaved and then turn around and placed that behavior on Democrats. So, when Republicans had their dude in office, a.k.a. President Bush, when they, when the Republican Party was running roughshod over the House and the Senate, anybody who um, questioned it was deemed basically un-American, unpatriotic, and their whole career was canceled. So, the other thing that they did was, you know, they always, because conservatives, because Republicans have married themselves to the radical Christian right, every single time you see a Republican gain office, it's all God's will, it's all, he's there for a reason, and we need to respect him because this is something that's been ordained by God. And that's what you saw with President Bush. It was like, he was basically seen as the American Pope. And therefore, he should not be questioned. Whatever the Republicans deem is necessary for policy, that's the the divine will of their imaginary friend. And therefore, we need to go along with it because it's the uh, absolute divine truth basically what's going on is it's worship of the government. Does that sound familiar? It should because for the eight years that Obama was in office, that was the narrative that the uh, Republicans used. That Democrats worship Obama. They worship the state. You know, government is the religion of Democrats and Democrat, Democrats or liberals and that Obama is their messiah or their figurehead or what have you. 
that was the repetition, the go-to narrative for eight years while Obama was president. That all of the liberals' trust is in the state. They worship it. It's their god. It's their deity. Whoever's in the head, whoever's the president, is their is their god figure. And look at them for being so foolish as in, as to believe in something so lame or so stupid or so in in uh, incompetent. But then what happened for the four years that they had President Trump in office? Once again, they went right back to this whole idea that Trump was placed in there by God and his will is God's will and everything that the Republicans do is good and just and moral and right and you need to obey the law because it's good and it's holy in some you know, fascist Christian sense and that was the narrative that we got for four years under Trump. Law and order. Respect the president. He's there for a reason, some divine reason. He's, he basically came off as the, the white conservative messiah, kind of playing off of what Reagan did, you know, almost 40 years later or earlier. That's the whole thing that Reagan did in the 1980 ele- uh, election. He he masqueraded as, as his great white conservative uh, savior, uh, come to set things right for uh, white people. And now here we are, 2016, and then even in 2020 for uh, Trump's failed election uh, re-election campaign. That was the same narrative, you know. He even said himself, "I alone can save you," you know. So. This is the kind of absurdity that we see coming from the the Republican Party. This is why I call them the GQP, the Grand Conspiracy Party, but conspiracy is spelled with a Q. Because the Republican Party has been taken over by conspiracy theories, primarily the QAnon one, but QAnon conspiracy has basically gobbled up all the other conspiracies into itself to create like this grand conspiracy. Uh, it's very reminiscent of the uh, John Birch Society from the 60s and 70s and even into the 50s. And before that, there was other uh, conspiracies, you know, the main one being um, the KKK, you know, and uh, the uh, Lost Valor of the South or whatever you call it. Before that, it was the Mound Builders conspiracy that... Uh, um, white people were the original settlers of North America and the Native Americans came over and uh, slaughtered them. So that's why it's justified for white Europeans to you know, come back in and colonize North America and slaughter the Native Americans because they did it first. I mean, it's just conservatives for the last 200 plus years have been going from one conspiracy theory to the next, to the next, to the next. And this whole QAnon grand conspiracy that has infested the Republican Party is just this our my generation's uh, um, version of it. And I'm sure the next generation, my daughter's generation, they will see a new iteration of some 
grand conspiracy theory that conservatives will pick up on and try to uh, woo the dumb people in this country to follow it quite successfully, I might add. So that's kind of a, a quick tangent that I wanted to point out to everybody. It's just the hypocrisy of Republicans. When their guy's in office, they sit there and they, they worship the state, they worship the presidency like it's some sort of messiah-in-chief position. But then when there's a, a, an opponent of theirs that's in office, they turn around and, and they, they blame and project that onto that, that opponent and to their political opponent uh, party. So keep that in mind, folks, when, whenever you're tuning into American pol- politics, especially if you uh, feel the, uh, the need for punishment or the need for, I guess, a laugh by listening to Fox News or One American News Network or Newsmax, Alex Jones, any of these other far-right, borderline fascist, uh, conservative channels... Because that's what they peddle, is conspiracy theories. Um, they had, I just heard of another one here uh, today, earlier this morning, coming from Fox News, claiming that uh, uh, in the recall that they're going to have for Governor Newsom in, in California, apparently there's fraud going on because they, quote, they allegedly found some meth head who had 300 ballots in his possession. You know, and it's just one conspiracy after another. And what it really is is they don't like democracy. They don't like the idea of one person, one vote. They believe that only certain people should be allowed to vote, and anyone outside of those narrow parameters should not be allowed to vote, even if they are a U.S. citizen. So that's what conservatives have hitched their wagon to is these bigoted, um, backward voter suppression tactics. And quite honestly, this should be, this should come to no one's surprise because it's been done before by conservatives, whether conservative Republicans or conservative Democrats from ages past, but also what we're seeing here in 2020 and then now in 2021 here with, uh, this recall and more than likely going to happen in 2022 is the screams of fraud from the Republicans. This is all stuff that they have pushed in their foreign policy everywhere else. Look at how they have treated countries like Venezuela and their election process. Basically, Venezuela has had to have some sort of a national election every single year on average, if you if you uh, calculate out how many years since uh, um, Chavez and his group took over, kicked out the uh, neoliberal uh, pro-U.S. Uh, capitalist uh, class, from there till now, there has been rough, you know, on average one major election on the federal level per year, because the United States and all of its puppet. Uh, organizations like, you know, uh, Democracy in America, or I can't remember some of these uh, these organizations that supposedly are all about uh, having open and transparent democratic elections. They're actually just a front for the United States to go in there and bully uh, countries into putting the person that they want 
into power so that they will be a pro-U.S. Uh, puppet so that the United States and other Western powers can uh, go in there with whatever XYZ corporation they want to and rape that country of their their natural resources. You saw that in Venezuela with Guaido against Maduro, and you're continuing to see it. You're starting to see it once again in Cuba. You're seeing it elsewhere, Bolivia, Peru, basically anywhere that the United States wants to topple somebody that isn't pro-America enough, they will go in there and they'll use this very tactic. Well, now they're just turning around they're using it on our own. Because they don't like the outcomes of an election, they're going to turn around and say that it was uh, voter fraud. That the voters are the one that are fraudulently electing people into office. Even though every single case of voter fraud that has come forth from the 2020 election that was confirmed to be voter fraud came from people voting for Donald Trump. So the only people doing voter fraud, and the only voters committing voter fraud in this country are conservative pro-Trump Republicans. And the only party that's doing voter suppression tactics is once again the conservatives and the Republican Party. So, you know, this whole narrative... Is, is just ridiculous. And how does this play into the whole idea of cancel culture? Because now the idea of voter fraud and not a Republican being placed into office has become cancel culture. Conservatives are saying that if a Republican loses an election, it's the cancel culture that caused that has caused him to lose and millions of people's voice is being ignored that their that their vote is being canceled they were saying that with uh, with Donald Trump you know all oh, he he he's, he got a record uh, amount of votes for a Republican which is true he's gotten the second most votes ever in United States voting history Losing only to the guy who got the number one ever in the United States history, and that was Biden. But their whole narrative was, oh, this is cancel culture because what the Democrats are doing is canceling the voice, the vote of the millions of people who voted for Donald Trump. Well, that's so basically what they're saying is, um, Democracy equals cancel culture. That is the narrative of the Republican Party. Is democracy is bad because it quote unquote cancels the voice of, of our voters when we lose. But playing devil's advocate here on that whole subject, doesn't that also mean that you are expecting to cancel the voices of even more millions of Americans? by trying to overturn the election and place your guy back in office because that's really what there's what what they're saying is you know if it's cancel culture for for the millions of Trump voters because Trump didn't win then wouldn't that mean there's even more cancel culture going on if they either reinstate Trump over Biden or they just ignore all those votes for Biden I mean that—that's kind of my my uh, 
my attitude towards it is, you know, for starters, this is not an example of cancel culture, but Republicans are turning this into a story about cancel culture because that is their social platform right now is they're going for the persecution complex that they are are so well versed at uh, regurgitating out every decade or two or every generation that's what it seems like is they they, they know how to play the, the persecution card very well I mean you hear that all the time about how um, Christians are being persecuted in this country for their beliefs. But when you look at it, it's always in reference to examples where Christians felt that they had the right to um, discriminate against others because they don't agree with their positions. Uh, You look at that one bitch from Kentucky um, who she was in the clerk's office and she was refusing to sign off on uh, same-sex marriage licenses. And the state removed her from that for violating her oath of office as a public servant. And she went to jail because she was refusing to uh, do her job, putting her, her, her religious views aside and following what the law was. If she didn't want to exercise that right that gay people have to get married, then she shouldn't be in the office. She shouldn't take that job. I mean, you hear that levied against uh, Muslims all the time by by conservative Christians. You know, when a uh, a Muslim gets fired for not, for refusing to do a particular job because it goes against their faith, conservative Christians will be like, well, too bad. Go get it. Go find another job if it uh, um violates your, your, your religious beliefs. Well, they should do the same thing when it comes to their own. And that's the case with that, that one uh, bitch from uh, uh, from Kentucky. You know, she refused to do her job and she refused to uh, step down and find another job that would, requ- would allow her to do her tasks and not feel like she was placing her religious values on the back burner. So... That's her fault. She's the one trying to cancel other people's freedoms and rights, a.k.a. gay marriage. So where was the cancel culture in that? Where were the conservatives screaming cancel culture um, when it came to that lady using her religious doctrine to discriminate and cancel the rights of the gay couple? nowhere. Why? Because they're so they're too busy saying, oh, well, you know, it's her religious views and her religious uh, values that are being canceled by the quote-unquote woke left. So what they're really saying is, is that gay people should be treated as second-class citizens in this country. They should not be allowed to marry. They should be demonized. And they should basically remain in the, in the closet or go th- through some sort of uh, gay conversion therapy. That's the conservative attitude towards gay people. And you see that now because they are regurgitating talking points 
all in the name of being anti-woke when it comes to gay people. They're, they've gone back to the 1980s where the social issue talking point for conservatives was gay people equals pedophiles. Everything equals pedophiles on the conservative uh, talking roster. Everything equals pedophiles now. Um, and this comes right from the 1980s playbook that they had when they were coming into uh, power again and it was kind of hip and cool to be conservative. Um, so here we are. You know, they're just they're just going back to the playbook that they did 40 years ago and it's working. You know, the rhetoric is still working because Americans are still so ignorant and easy to manipulate. So where was the cancel culture crowd, the cancel culture conservative... Uh, the CCC, there we go. Cancel culture conservatives. There you go. Instead so, of so the KKK from uh, previous uh, generations, now they're the CCC. Cancel culture conservatives. Where was the cancel culture conservatives when the restaurant, the, the baking, bakery restaurant, refused to, to bake the cake, the, the wedding cake for the gay couple? That's cancel culture. You're canceling their ability to freely express themselves and operate in a an open or a free market capitalist system. Isn't that how that works? Free market capitalism? You know? No? You're canceling uh, free market capitalism. Okay, well, you know, I guess I can't really say that the, the conservatives are uh, consistent here because that's definitely not the case. Um... What else have the conservatives been very cancel culture-ish lately? Um, another thing from my generation, you know, I was born in 83, so I was a 90s kid. I remember the uh, parental advisory warning stickers that got started in the late 90s going into the nine, uh, late 80s going into the 90s. And it still is around in some fa- form or fashion today. That's a clear violation of freedom of expression and freedom of speech on behalf of the artists creating the content. Now, to be fair, this was a co-opted conservative and quote-unquote liberal uh, agenda. Democrats and Republicans got together on this one, but it was in the name of conservative values. And so, in this case, conservative values or upstanding moral or um, wholesome material trumped somebody's um, right to freedom of expression or freedom of speech. Uh, The one case that uh, I was reviewing online was, uh, um, I think it was uh, Tipper Gore, the the Democrat, who uh, helped uh, co-found... you know, the group that would do the parental advisory stickers on, on music, you know, along with a whole bunch of other conservatives. Um, her whole thing was she heard her daughter or her child or something like that um, singing a song and there was a reference to masturbation and that was just unwholesome. And so she went out to uh, set up some sort of a, uh, a parental advisory sticker that, that will uh, edit out uh Unwholesome or uh, or bad words or other just nasty content, if you will. 
you know, complete violation of the First Amendment right to freedom of speech and expression. But, you know, um, since when do conservative values match up with that? Um, so we, we saw that, you know, uh, I remember hearing about, uh, you know, especially in the late 80s, there was still the whole uh, satanic panic that was going on. So heavy metal music in general was was demonized. Even in the late 90s, you know, when I got to uh, high school and early 2000s, um, heavy metal and rock music was still was still demonized as being satanic music. Um, also part of the satanic panic was the, uh, the uh, um, I guess, the, the crusade against... Uh, um, Dungeons and Dragons and other, uh, you know, medieval magic type stuff, you know, even, uh, something simple as like, uh, um, Marvel or DC comic, uh, superheroes. That was all seen as like being satanic or, or evil or inappropriate for children or something like that, you know? And so you can see that, there's always been a primary, primarily conservative viewpoint or approach to this whole idea of cancel culture and uh, and stepping on people's freedom of expression or freedom of speech. Uh, before that, in my dad's generation, it was the Red Scare and the Sedition Act. Um, basically, your whole career was ruined by conservatives like Ronald Reagan if you are suspected of being a communist or a socialist or a red. And speaking of that, you want to talk about wokeism and cancel culture and, and, and uh, changing things up. Um, conservatives right now like to complain that uh, the Washington football team is no longer called the Washington Redskins. And they chalk it up to wokeism and all these other social justice warriorism type um, talking points. Because they don't like the idea that the football team in Washington is no longer named after a derogatory term for Native Americans. And so they're all hyped up about how the quote-unquote left is canceling the Washington football team's original, you know, Washington Redskins name. Or the Cleveland Indians name. Or the, the Kansas City Chiefs. You know, even the I think the Chicago Blackhawks, you know, got got hit hit up, you know, as well um, for it uh, in the past, and yet nothing was ever said about the conservatives who went after the Cincinnati Reds baseball team because the Reds at the time was associated with being a communist, and so they the. So conservatives forced the, the team to change their names to the Red Legs, a.k.a. the Red Stockings or the, the Red Sox. But they couldn't do the Red Sox because Boston already had that, so they called themselves the Red Legs. All because the uh, conservatives wanted to cancel anything with, with reference to communism, socialism, or being on the left. So, once again... If you want to complain about cancel culture, start with conservatives because they are the gold medal winner, gold medal winners when it comes to uh, canceling people for this or canceling uh, uh, organizations for this. 
Same thing with the persecution complex. They take the gold in the persecution Olympics all the time for feeling aggrieved but not actually being aggrieved for anything. It's just this false narrative that they're they're oppressed in some way. So keep that in mind, folks. And they're still doing it today, you know. They're they're still doing their own cancel culture today. Their their whole thing right now is on CRT, critical race theory. They want to cancel that. And so they have gone so far contrary so far anti-social justice warrior, so far anti-CRT that they've gone in the completely opposite direction in that in Texas, the uh, anti-CRT education bills that they're passing, the conservatives have felt the need to cancel out the, uh, the stories of some of the civil rights activists in the 40s, 50s, and 60s including Martin Luther King Jr., and including MLK's I Have a Dream speech. So when conservatives want to sit there and talk about how um, the quote-unquote left is trying to cancel America or cancel American values or cancel our, our history of just American exceptionalism and greatness, keep in mind what they're doing to counter that is to cancel all the things that you know have brought progress to all of its citizens. They're trying to cancel the civil rights era. They're trying to cancel Martin Luther King Jr. But at the same time, they want to sit there and brag about how MLK was a Republican. And yet they want to cancel him and they are trying to cancel him for his role in the uh, civil rights movement. They're trying to to whitewash and completely erase the labor movement or the women's movement. All of the, the different movements in the United States that have brought a voice to combat the power narrative of those in power is being erased by the conservative movement and the new era of the Daughters of the Confederacy. Because this is really what it is. It's, it's, it's uh, you know, the Southern Strategy uh, Daughters of the Confederacy uh, 2.0. That's what we're seeing right now. They're just trying to literally whitewash it and make it look like conservative values have been the heroic uh, building block of American society. And totally destroying any reference to any kind of progressive values or movements or accomplishments. And if they do reference these accomplishments, they try to rebrand it as an accomplishment for conservatism. So keep that in mind, folks. Whenever you hear a Republican sit there and complain about, uh, you know, CRT being anti-American or canceling the proud culture and, and history that is American exceptionalism. Just keep that in mind that it's really the uh, um, it's really conservatives who are pushing to cancel uh, narratives that they don't like, and that's really their whole reaction to CRT. Because let's face it, critical race theory is is a branch of critical theory CT, where critical theory basically says 
that based off of what demographic you are in, you're going to have a, a different experience living in the United States. And this can be true about any country, really. You, different demographics will have different experiences living in different countries. And not only that, they will have different experiences interacting and intersecting with these other demographics that are also in the country. And that makes sense. You know, when it comes to the experiences of women in the in the United States, it's completely different than men. Um, when it comes to religion, the experiences that a Jewish person might have or Judaism as a whole might have as a, as a group will be completely different than that of a Muslim or a, a Christian or even an atheist. So basically what critical theory states is that different demographics of people, whether you split it down based off of um, gender, sex, sexual orientation, um, religion, those type of things, you're going to have a different experience and a different uh, interactivity with others within that particular country. Critical race theory just takes it and just focuses it on race and ethnicity. And that makes sense. You know, the um, experiences that somebody has experienced being a white person is going to be completely different than uh, a black person. Two completely different experiences, you know, for each group of people. And how they interact within a culture or society is also going to be different as well. For example, um, white people, white entertainers don't have to worry about how they look if they look white enough in order to make it in the entertainment industry. But there have been countless times where um, women of color have talked about how they've had to change who they are in order to be accepted by American society. They've talked about how they have to straighten their hair so that it's not curly and that the benchmark in the United States for what is attractive for women is based off of white or European-centric criteria. That is, straight hair is prettier or more attractive than curly hair. Likewise, they've also had to talk about how they've had to bleach their skin, which is a very damaging thing to the body. But there have been black women who've had to talk about how they've had to bleach their skin to look more white so they felt like they fit in when it came to American society and culture because they were told and most of the time very uh, accurately so that if they didn't they would not be as successful so what they're what they're seeing is is that there's a completely different experience and interaction that black people have in the United States as compared to white people Hispanic people you know other races and other ethnicities and that's all that critical race theory is it's saying how do different groups of people experience the American way of life, if you will, the American culture, the American society, 
Are they different from one another? Are they the same? What can be done to improve it? That's really all it is. And for conservatives to sit there and complain that uh, this is somehow an affront to being American or being unpatriotic and then turning around saying it's what about the kids or what about the children because it's being taught to kids and no it's not being taught to kids you know but that's that's where the narrative has gone all in this idea of you know cancel culture that the the that the right has decided to adopt as their main talking point going forward into the foreseeable future. Everything is be, is going to be about cancel. Hell, they even uh, made a, an article or a, a story about cancel culture regarding um, electrical car stations. And I can't remember if it was a town or if it was a state. I think it was a town. But a, a, a city came out with an ordinance saying that you know, they cannot have any more fuel car, uh, gas stations. And they need to have one uh, electrical car station for people driving electrical cars because the gas stations that serve fuel, uh, Petro, are not putting in electrical car uh, outlets for them to use. And so this place had like 10, let's say 10, you know, Petro-based uh, fuel refueling stations for cars, and none for electrical cars. And Fox News made a big deal about how this is a cancel culture event from the quote-unquote woke left, trying to cancel using fossil fuels as a source of energy. When they just said, "Well, you already got ten in the city, you can't have any more because you've hit your peak limit. Now we're going to put in electrical car." Um, uh, stations so that people can refuel in in that fashion, and they made a whole piece about how this is cancel culture. So, you know, to be honest, I really don't want to hear any more of this cancel culture issue because it's really just the conservatives' talking point, so they can turn around and cancel other people. That that's really what it is. And, and you see this 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 outrage when it comes to like. Uh, um, for example, uh, just recently, it's Gonzo wearing a, a, you know, a dress. You know, conservatives like PragerU and all these other uh, right-wing think tank uh, organizations made a big deal about uh, Gonzo wearing a dress and coming out as being a cross-dresser. Not trans, just he likes to cross-dress. You know, and this is an affront, and it's like, think of the children, you know, this is a you know, gay people are pedophiles, uh, trans people are pedophiles type of attitude all over again. And then their solution is, is that um, the Muppets and Disney and anyone who does this should be canceled and the, this content should be prohibited from going on the air. That's, so they're, they're shrieking about cancel culture and how it's affecting conservatives, but they turn around and their solution to everything is cancel culture everybody else. Um, and, and, you know, the, the funny thing is, is a lot of the stuff they're like, you know, oh, this is all new stuff, but Gonzo's been cross-dressing since the 70s, so why didn't, why wasn't that a big deal back then? Um, they want to cancel people's ability to, um, basically define their own gender, 
they want to they, they want to cancel culture individualism, which is quite odd because the whole I, the whole American conservative concept just revolves around hyper individuality, and it's kind of funny how the quote unquote libertarian conservative values group that um, promotes hyper individuality is against individuality in terms of how you define gender and that there should be no genders because it, sh- it should not be f- feminine or masculine to wear a dress or to wear jeans or to play sports. Keep in mind, folks, that in the 70s, during the uh, feminist marches, and, and that's that, I think it's the second wave of feminism, uh, in the 70s, you know, kind of curtailing the heels of the civil rights movement, um, keep in mind that... One of the things that conservatives were screaming about was uh, um, women should not wear pants. Women should only wear dresses because that's what's feminine, you know, because women need to be feminine. And, and being feminine means wearing dresses, not pants. And so they are trying to cancel that whole thing out, that whole movement, you know. Same thing with sports. They were against women in sports, you know, and they were against female sports, saying that it's not feminine to, um, oh, I don't know, for women to play sports, you know, and it's just, it's crazy, you know, they, they want to sit there and they want to cancel out people's ability to say, hey, we need to rethink what it means to be a male and a female and not go with all these gender normative things, you know, like who, you know, who, who should wear skirts and who should wear pants and who should play sports, you know, and who should wear caps and all this other stuff. I'm still waiting for conservatives to come out and, and uh, complain about uh, uh, the Scottish wearing kilts because every single definition I've looked up, it says that kilts are skirts for men. So when are we going to cancel the Scots, you know, for wearing kilts? That's not going to happen. When are we going to cancel the Founding Fathers because they, they were... Uh, wigs, they wear makeup, they wear pantyhose, you know, that's not going to happen because at that time, that's what it meant to be manly, was to wear that stuff, you know, priests, you know, certain, uh, certain Christian denominations, their priests or their, their clergy wear dresses, I'm sorry, robes, same difference, but you don't see them going after them, you know, so this whole idea of cancel culture it's cancel culture coming from the right. But they want to turn around and make a fuss about um, Mr. Potato Head no longer coming with, you know, guy or only female parts. You know, because a potato has male genitalia and male or female human gender attached to them. It just doesn't make sense. They want to sit there and complain about cancel culture when it comes to uh, Land of Lakes Butter or Aunt Jemima or Uncle Ben's uh, um, thing being rebranded and they're citing it as being, oh, it's just corporations being woke or being uh, uh, virtue signaling. Despite the fact that both aunt and uncle is a, is a derogatory term referenced by white people to black people 
following uh, Reconstruction because they didn't want to call them Mr. or Mrs. because that was a sign of respect and a sign of you know being on equal footing with them. So they called them aunts and uncles. But you know, how dare somebody, whether it's a person or a corporation, how dare they kind of, you know, recognize the bigoted history that we've had in this country and strive to, uh, you know, correct it, you know. And by this I mean the companies changing the name of some of their products. You know, same thing with Dr. Seuss and some of his books. You know, the family that controls the printing has stopped the print of certain books. Not all the books of Dr. Seuss, just certain ones because they had blatant bigotry against Asian people and other people in them. And I find it just so telling that the conservatives are like, well, you know what? This is wokeism. This is, uh, um, you know, cancel culture, freedom of expression, freedom of speech. So basically what they're saying is they should have the freedoms and the ability to just openly state how racist they are and not have any adverse effect now befall them. They should be able to say the most bigoted things possible and nobody should be allowed to, you know, criticize them. Nobody should be allowed to uh, fire them because they don't like what that person said. You know, it, it's that's basically where the Republican Party and conservative ideology has collapsed into is, you know... I'm going to stand up for bigotry. I'm going to stand up for misogyny. I'm going to stand up for discrimination because it's freedom of expression or freedom of speech to do so. And anyone who tries to highlight this problem, oh, they're just virtue signaling because they're trying to make an extra buck off of wokeism. And, you know, the, the new saying is go woke, go broke amongst conservatives. And I think it's just utterly ridiculous. You know, this is... It's just its just ridiculous. It's its time that we, uh, you know, really put this conservative talking point to bed. Um, so that, that's kind of where I'm at right now with, with uh, um, the absurdity that is uh, conservative talking points. You know, they, they regurgitate all of these things from from generations ago and you know rewrap it into a new way you know right now the thing is to demonize trans people calling them you know pedophiles and all this other stuff try to cancel them out and and kind of sweep them back into the closet that is their skeleton of uh you know their skeleton closet of uh people they've uh oppressed and hurt before that it was gay people, before that it was women, before that it was uh, people of color, black people, you know, the list goes on and on and on, you know, they they always find some way to demonize people, and then anytime you call them out for it, oh, it's my freedom of expression, you're trying to cancel me, oh, you're trying to just be woke, that's the only thing you care about, just be seeming or pretending that you're woke or looking like you're woke so that you can virtue signal, that's all that conservative ideology has boiled down to is appealing to the most bigoted, fascist, um, Neanderthalic ideas imaginable to man. And unfortunately, 
it is gripping Americans by storm. I mean, it's it's not since the 80s since I've seen this new fad of how cool it is to be conservative again, you know, popping back up, you know. And they do it by, you know, pitting, you know, people, one group of people against another. This goes back to the CRT thing and, and, and critical theory. And what they're doing is they're weaponizing it and they're targeting white men to be a bunch of degenerate fascist bigots. And that's what you're seeing in the United States. And unfortunately, it's happening all around, too. This is not just a, an American phenomenon. This is happening, you know, all across Western uh, countries, quote-unquote Western countries, whether it's Russia, Germany, England, Australia, you know, Canada. This is happening all across the world where you're seeing this, this uh, conservative absurdness take root you know, and just kind of lead all of the uh, the moronic masses astray. So, um, so I kind of beg everybody, you know, just when you're looking at this, when you're hearing this on the news, when you're reading this somewhere, just kind of remember, folks. You know, there there's always going to be two sides to the story, and generally speaking, at least in this case those who cry about it the most are the ones doing it the most. And that's the case with the Republican Party. They're sitting there and screeching like a bunch of, you know, nasally brats about how they're being canceled and, and conservative values are being oppressed and, and uh, you know, closeted and, uh, uh, you know, kicked to the curb. And that's a sign of cancel culture and all that stuff. And yet, they're the ones that have historically and presently been doing it the most. I mean, they're the war on Christmas, you know, they're war on Starbucks for not making it Jesus-y or conservative Christian enough. I mean, th- this is something that they have been peddling for years. You know, it's it's it kind of reminds me of the whole uh, fake news thing. You know, throughout the 90s and 2000s, Fox News and all these other conservative uh, sites have been just notorious for being in the pockets of the uh, the rich, you know, for-profit elites who want to sit there and push an agenda and, and 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 fake news, you know, and then they turn around now and they're like, oh, it's the left that's doing it. They're the ones who are, uh, you know, throwing money into all these. Uh, fake news projects and they're the ones that are, you know, throwing money uh, between them and the elites and it's just, it's hilarious to watch them, you know, do the very, you know, to complain about the other side doing the very thing that they themselves mastered decades ago. So, on that note, I think I'm going to end it tonight with with that. Uh, thank you for tuning in to The Detailian Mind. And I'm hoping that the uh, road noise wasn't too loud and obnoxious for you. But uh, um, my name's Jason, and uh, thank you for tuning in to another episode of The Detailian Mind.